0: With Richard Holdridge.
1: And once again, welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Here on this Friday, as I got Gabe Reynolds on the show, we are going to talk about Bracketology, the NBA Mid-Season Awards, and we're going to preview this NBA All-Star Game. What is your favorite events? Well, I have a very busy weekend, as I'm calling three soccer games in three days, starting tonight. The Columbus Rapids men and women's team will take on the Memphis Americans. And you can catch that game on the National Indoor Soccer League's YouTube channel. We are being broadcast here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and it is Friday. It is going to be a great day of sports. Tonight, down in Spencer High School, we have the semifinal games of Region 2 4A Basketball Playoffs. As the number one Spencer Green Wave boys team will take on the Hardaway Hawks at 7.30 at Spencer High School. The game before that will be the number three seed, the Shaw Raiders, taking on the number two seed, the LaGrange Grangers, at 6 p.m. And, of course, the championship game will be at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. Awesome time for some high school basketball. The championship game is set for the girls as Carver defeats Shaw to move on to the championship. Game and that will be held at Spencer at 5 p.m. They will take on the Tigers of Troop County as they were able to beat Hardaway on. A last-second play. They beat them 52-51. to I'm just excited about high school basketball. The state playoffs for the AHSAA State Playoff Championship in Alabama is underway. For 6A, Eufaula gets a big win over Hueytown as they move on. Smith Station will take on Enterprise next week. On Tuesday, Smith Station will take on Enterprise. An update in the NBA, as Anthony Davis will be out four weeks with a foot injury. That is going to hurt the Lakers as they're trying to position themselves in the playoffs. In the playoffs last night in the association the miami heat defeat the charlotte hornets 111 to 107 in double overtime you had the washington wizards defeat the brooklyn nets 117 to 103 the dallas mavericks beat the new orleans pelicans 125 to 118 the 76ers beat the bucks that was the best game of the night the sixers beating the bucks 123 to 120 as you had two mvp candidates going at it joel Embiid versus Giannis and that was huge Joel Embiid with 42 points Giannis with 32 the defending NBA champs losing a game to the Sixers at home and it was also a game played without James Harden. I wonder what James Harden is going to look like in this Sixers offense. The Sixers are now a game behind the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference playoffs. The nightcap, the Los Angeles Clippers, no problem over the Houston Rockets, 142-111. to 111. So now looking at the NBA standings, starting with the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls both tied for first place with a 38-21 record. The addition of DeMar DeRozan on... Chicago that's why he's one of my MVP candidates the addition of Kyle Lowry on the Miami Heat and Tyler Hero after having a sophomore slump season last year has bounced back and he is candidate for sixth man of the year Philadelphia and Cleveland both tied for the third and fourth seed Cleveland has been the biggest surprise Darius Garland another candidate for most improved player Evan Mobley a candidate for NBA rookie of the year and of course you have the All-Stars Jared Allen and Darius Garland. You have the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, a game back with a 36-24 and record, a winning percentage. They're two and a half back, but their winning percentage has them in the fifth seed. The Boston Celtics, the sixth seed right now. They snapped their nine-game winning streak. They're 34-26. and So the six teams in the Eastern Conference, they're going to be in the first round of the playoffs. Now we talk about the teams that will be in the play-in games. The Toronto Raptors, a half game behind the Boston Celtics. Brooklyn in the eighth spot. Two games back of the Toronto Raptors. So they would play Toronto in the play-in game. The winner of that game would get the seventh seed. The loser of that game would play the winner of the 9-10 and play-in game. And right now, it's between the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. The Washington Wizards, although they won, they're a game back into the playoffs. Atlanta, I know they want to duplicate their run to the Eastern Conference finals last year. It is going to be an uphill battle because if they're the 10th seed, they got to win two games to become the 8th seed to start the playoffs. And they would play the Charlotte Hornets if the season ended today. Moving on to the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns all year have been the best team in the NBA. They have a six and a half game lead over the Warriors. Chris Paul, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Chris Paul's not getting love for being MVP. He clearly has been the MVP last year and this year as well because he has made the difference. A veteran point guard with a high IQ. He's not concerned about scoring. He's trying to get his teammates involved and With the assist, you got the Golden State Warriors right behind them. With the addition of Klay Thompson, they've lost two straight. They're six and four in their last 10. That just tells you that Draymond Green is a difference maker. He will be back after the All Star break, and the Warriors will compete in the Western Conference. A game and a half behind the Warriors is the Memphis Grizzlies with a 41-19 record. Memphis is trying to break their regular season record. They haven't won more than 50 games. Their biggest season was when they reached the Western Conference Final in 2013. However, however they were swept by the San Antonio Spurs. And the Spurs went on to play the Heat in the NBA Finals. The Utah Jazz, 36-22. They're currently in the fourth seed. Dallas has got the fifth seed right now at 35-24. and and Denver has got the sixth seed at thirty-three and twenty-five. Now, here are the teams that would be in the play-in game: the Minnesota Timberwolves, thirty-one and twenty-eight; the Los Angeles Clippers, thirty and thirty-one. The Clippers are two games back from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then the Lakers are a game and a half back of the LA Clippers and the Portland Trail Blazers with a 25 and 34 record. So if the season ended today, the Lakers would play the Blazers in the play-in game for the 9 and the 10 seed. Minnesota and the Clippers, the winner of that game would get the 7th seed, and the loser of that game would play the winner of the Lakers and Blazers. So we got NBA All-Star Weekend coming up as Team Durant and Team LeBron. I'm always a fan of watching the NBA All-Star game. Tonight, they got the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. That's always fun. I was looking at the lineup. I don't recognize any of the celebrities. You got the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. You have the three-point shootout, and you have the slam dunk competition. And we'll talk a little bit more about that with Gabe Reynolds later in the show. College basketball last night as all the ranked teams won. Murray State beat Austin P. Arizona beat Oregon State. Houston beating UCF. UCLA beating Washington State and USC beating Washington. Not a whole lot of upsets in college basketball last night. It's a Thursday games. You do have two teams from Georgia taking on each other. Georgia State beat Georgia Southern 79-63. to And one game I forgot to mention on yesterday's show, Georgia lost to LSU. And they will take on Ole Miss this weekend. Previewing some of the big games this weekend in college basketball. Some of the ranked teams. You have Illinois taking on Michigan State. That is going to be a very big game You have Texas Tech taking on Texas. That's going to be on ABC. You got Alabama taking on Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Alabama's already beaten Kentucky this year, but that is going to be a tough challenge. Alabama's ranked 25th in the country. You got Auburn taking on Florida in Gainesville. Auburn should have no problem with Florida as they try to wrap up the overall number one seed. Um, I'll be shocked to see what the rankings look like next week if Auburn has a good game against Florida. The biggest game in the SEC is on Saturday afternoon. Tennessee going to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. You also have Santa Clara taking on Gonzaga. Santa Clara is 18-9. and nine. Not too shabby. A, a good team so far. Oregon taking on Arizona. You have Duke taking on Florida State. And you have TCU taking on Baylor. The Columbus River Dragons are on the road this weekend as they will take on the Danbury Hat Tricks for a three-game series. Right now, the Columbus River Dragons are second in the Federal Prospects Hockey League as they wrap up their regular season and they will get ready for the playoffs later this month. All right, I think it's time to bring on Gabe Reynolds. For many of you that don't know, Gabe Reynolds is a former colleague of mine. We went to college together at Freed Hardman University. He's also an assistant girls basketball coach in high school basketball in Tennessee, and he has a lot of sports knowledge, and he brings the passion when it comes to sports. So without further ado, let's bring on Gabe Reynolds to the show. Stick around. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And I got Gabe Reynolds on the show. It is Friday. We're going to talk everything NBA All-Star Weekend. Going to talk college basketball. And we're going to recap the Super Bowl. Gabe, great having you back.
0: Hey, man. Always good to be back. Always good to be here. Ready to talk sports like always and have some fun doing it.
1: First of all, before we get into NBA All-Star Weekend, what do you think of the Super Bowl?
0: Man, it was it was very entertaining. I I, I was excited. I didn't think it was going to live up to the hype, but it actually actually turned out pretty well.
1: And uh, one thing I noticed when the Rams had their ticker tape victory parade, they got a lot of slack on Twitter for not having a whole lot of fans at that. It was not like the Braves parade that had over a million fans, or the even the Georgia parade that had over a million fans. There wasn't a whole lot of people in that parade.
0: I mean, it's it's Los Angeles, you know. It's it's a large city. You know, there's, there's two, you got two teams there, so it's split with the fan base. Some teams are like, you know, some fans are still... Uh, you know, they may be Charger fans or their Lakers fans. They gotta warm back up to the Rams being back there. You know, when they came back the Rams weren't that good. The stadium is in Inglewood, which is like maybe 25, 30 minutes outside of downtown Los Angeles. It's still growing, but, you know, anytime you can have a parade and have a championship, you just celebrate. It just puts more pressure on the other team that shares SoFi Stadium, the Chargers. So they got a lot of pressure on them. All right, so we are going to get into NBA
1: All-Star Weekend as the first half in the NBA wrapped up. And what we're going to do is – I'm going to give you my mid-season awards and just tell me if you agree with me or not. Uh, Starting with MVP, MVP for the first half in the NBA. Who do you have as your MVP?
0: I have DeMar DeRozan for the Chicago Bulls. That's a safe pick. He's got the Bulls in the uh in the top 3 in the uh in the East. At one point they were the number 1 seed in the East. He's playing really well. He's putting up numbers that Chicago had the same since George was playing back in the in the 90s. Uh so I mean that's a that's a that's a good pick. For me, I would I would go with Joel Embiid. I would go with Embiid. No, Embiid is playing well, uh, even with Ben Simmons out for the most of the uh, first half and now being traded, he still got the Sixers right there in contention to be, you know, to uh, be a a top seed in the, in the East. And they've, uh, I think they've split with uh, Milwaukee throughout so far this season. So um, I'm going to go with Embiid. That is a good pick. Some of the other favorites for MVP,
1: of course, the reigning MVP from last year, Nikolai Jokic. I'm surprised Chris Paul should be getting some votes I think Chris Paul has been the MVP ever since he came to the Phoenix Suns. They have the best record in the NBA. And, of course, you never count out LeBron. I know that he always gets a little overlooked because he has good players on his team. But, really, at age 37, averaging 29 points a game and pretty much carrying the Lakers, if they had a much better record, I think that you would give the MVP to LeBron. But the Lakers are actually on the outskirts looking in. And, plus, with Anthony Davis being out for four weeks – it does not look good
0: for L.A. Yeah, LeBron LeBron is always going to be there because just of the things that he does. LeBron is always MVP. I tell you, I'll tell give you a dark horse MVP. Nobody gave him a chance to be where they are right now, and that's John Moran of the Memphis Grizzlies. Very I true. mean, they were literally in the play-in game last year and then, you know, made the playoffs, lost, but now they're third in the West, and, and the Western Conference is tough, night in and night out. So to have a young team, The youngest team in the NBA with with a point guard who's in his fourth year in third place in the West, hey, John Moran got to get some looks now. He's opening some eyes.
1: That's another good pick. Some of the other picks said, I'm looking at this website, these NBA experts, they have Steph Curry, Giannis. But, you know, I, I still think that DeMar DeRozan or Joel Embiid would be safe picks for MVP. All right, moving on to rookie of the year and there is no question. I believe that Cavalier center Evan Mobley will unanimously win rookie of the year, especially with the way the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing. Is there anybody else like a Cade Cunningham, a Scotty Barnes, a Jalen Green? Is there anybody else that could even compete for
0: rookie of the year? Nah, I think that I think that's hands down uh already solidified. For Evan Mobley, I, I, I don't, I don't see anybody. I don't see any other way he doesn't get it. Either. No,
1: there's no doubt. Evan Mobley has clearly been the best rookie this season. Yeah, that's a great pick. Evan Mobley has had an incredible season. The seven footer out of USC, he was selected third overall in the NBA draft. He's averaging 14.9 points a game, eight rebounds. He's got a 50 percent field goal percentage. And he's also, and we'll talk a little bit about NBA All-Star Weekend, he's also going to be in the Rising Stars game. I'm always looking forward to that Rising Stars game. But, yeah, we'll go into the NBA All-Star Weekend in just a bit. But, yeah, Evan Mobley is a safe pick for NBA Rookie of the Year. Now let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. And these experts have got two players that are – Standout defensive players of the year. Uh Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. Uh Dark Horse, if you agree with me, I I believe he's gonna get at least all team defense. Jaron Jackson Jr. from the Memphis Grizzlies. But who is your pick for defensive player of the year?
0: I don't know. That's a that's a tough one for me. I like Jaron. Um I also like uh I like Chris Pod. Definitely if Draymond was if Draymond comes back healthy, I could see him uh Running, running back into that in that in that category, uh, Jimmy Butler is also another one. Uh, he does oh, yes. he scores and plays good defense. It's so many, really so many you could go through. Even uh, Giannis, Giannis does well. So I I don't I don't know I don't defensive player of the year. Uh, that can go either way.
1: What about that was still wide
0: open? Let, well, I think we need to look at that one down the stretch. We'll come we'll come back to that
1: one. Now we'll go into sixth man of the year. This is the player coming off the bench. And the experts, according to CBSSports.com, no surprise, they're picking Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero as the sixth man. An honorable mention for Jordan Clarkson. But Tyler Hero, the talented guard from the Miami Heat. If you remember a couple years ago in the bubble when the Heat were in the NBA Finals, Tyler Hero just went off. Had a little bit of a sophomore slump last year but he's coming off the bench for the Miami Heat and he is doing a great job. I actually think the Miami Heat have been the most improved team, especially with the addition of Kyle Lowry and just the intensity of P.J. Tucker getting that championship experience from the Milwaukee Bucks. But Tyler Hero, twenty averaging 20 points a game coming off the bench. He's clearly rookie of the year. Yeah, and he had a he had a little bit of a drop off last year. He averaged 15 points, but he's back up again with averaging 20 points a game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 hero, hero is a good is a good is a good one. Really, haven't really seen too many other people that's coming off the bench and contributed immediately. That that would be in consideration for sixth man of the year. So yeah, I like I like that pick with hero. All right, most improved player. We have
1: quite a few players that could be in this mix. Uh, Desmond Bain from the Memphis Grizzlies. You got Darius Garland, the All Star from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jordan Poole from the Golden State Warriors. Miles Bridges from the Phoenix Suns, and John ja Morant. John ja Moran is considered a possible candidate for Most Improved Player of the Year. I
0: don't know. I don't. I don't know if Ja was the most improved. player. Ja been. Ja's basically been. He's just growing each and every year. Uh, now I will say I do like uh, the Darius. I think I think Darius Garland is a is an ideal candidate and a top candidate for most improved because coming off that injury that he sustained in college, and then the setbacks that he had when he got into the league, and you know just going through the you know the injury, but now he's finally healthy, and now he's got Cleveland. Is uh, you know he's got the got the Cavs in contention for uh, playoffs. Uh, and a top four seed, so I, I, I like the pick in Garland, and even LeBron said, you know, Darius Garland is is untouchable. That that's the found. He's part of the foundation of the re of the rebirth of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think it's so amazing the keep
1: the Cleveland Cavaliers have two All Stars. They have the unanimous Rookie of the Year, possibly, and they're doing this without Colin Sexton. It, it's just. Incredible.
0: Colin's just going to be another piece to the puzzle when he gets healthy and comes back, and he should be able to jump right in and contribute right away. That's a testament to what uh, J.B. Bickerstaff and his staff is doing. Uh, with a young Cleveland Cavalier roster, to have them playing at this level so early. And you think about it, Kevin Love, you know, he's he's still a good mentor in the locker room. He's coming in, he's playing where he can. He, he's been a, a great mentor to these young guys uh, in Cleveland. So Garland is definitely my pick for most improved.
1: I'm glad you mentioned J.B. Bickerstaff because he is unanimous for coach of the year. Yes. Like according yes. Well, to these experts. If, if
0: he doesn't, it, I mean, he should get it hands down. But the coach of the uh, Grizzlies, uh, Steve Kerr, the coach at Miami, you know, those are, those are some Eric other Spolstra. coaches that should be in consideration as well. Oh, and Billy Spolster, thats his name, Eric Sposter. Oh, and yeah, yeah, forgot about uh, forgot about uh, the Bulls coach because the way he was he was ceremon- unceremoniously let go in OKC last year, and to oh, get yeah. where he is now, yeah, yeah. He's got them, he's got them right. Donovan, Billy Donovan. That's his name. Yeah, Billy Donovan.
1: No surprise that the executive of the year by far is Arturus Carvosius of the Chicago Bulls and what he did. What the pieces that the Bulls made, getting DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine is an all star in his second year, getting Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball. And it all is working together. The Chicago Bulls are back to – I mean, is this premature to say they're back to their glory days with Michael Jordan in the dynasty? Or are they just back to when they were really good? Derrick Rose led them to a number 1 seed in 2011, and they had Carlos Boozer and Joakim Noah. And that was a fun team. That was a good team. Are the Bulls back to that level, or – could we say if they make it to the NBA Finals that they're they're back to the Bulls dynasty in the 90s with Jordan?
0: I wouldn't say they're back to Jordan championship level of the 90s, but they're coming around. I'll pump the brakes on that. I mean, it's just one year. Let's see if they can build on it and sustain it and get back. You know, because the Derrick Rose team, they had a good two-year run, and then when Rose got hurt, it kind of went downhill. NBA All Star
1: Weekend. It's always entertaining. I don't really take it as face value unless they have the Eastern Conference playing the Western Conference for the right for home court advantage in the NBA
0: Finals. The game means nothing. I mean, I like the, I like the new rule change now because in the past, you know, it was just an exhibition, but now since they added the Elam ending from the uh the TBT um ba- the basketball tournament that. They- and, you know, each quarter, every team has to win a quarter, and it goes to charity, they start playing really hard. It makes the players have to play now. So it's like being back at, at the gym or at the park. They're really playing. So first three quarters, you know, they're playing, and each team that wins a the quarter, their charity gets, gets money, Gets you know, money is donated to that charity. But then when you get to the fourth quarter, that's when it really gets exciting. That Elam ending, if you've ever seen the TBT tournament during the summer, that's when they really buckle down and start playing. And, I mean, it's like they're going back and forth. Like, they're going to foul. Because they don't want – you have to – I think you have to – when they finally set it, it's either seven to nine points. And the first team to get to that Elam ending, that's game. They turn the clock off. It's just shot clock, and you got to get to that Elam ending. So, that makes the All-Star game even more exciting in the fourth quarter. So, I really like that aspect of the game now.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some of the events. Uh, I've always liked the celebrity basketball game. Although <laughs> I'm looking at the list of celebrities, I mean, I recognize Quavo, I recognize Tiffany Haddish, Miles Garrett, defensive in for the Cleveland Browns. Of course, the All Star game is in Cleveland, so they're they're going to be Cleveland favorite uh, fans in Machine Gun Kelly. But you know, it's fun. I I enjoyed watching the celebrity game uh, when. You know, Lil Romeo was in it one year and Justin Bieber was the MVP. Kevin Hart. It's always fun when Kevin Hart's in it. He's not in it this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh
1: do you like do you like the celebrity
0: game? I I, I, I like it when I can catch it. Sometimes I, I forget that the celebrity all star game is coming on. Um so a lot of times just having fun. The highlight for me during All-Star Weekend is uh, All-Star Saturday, the uh, Slam Dunk Competition and the Skills Challenge and the three-point shootout.
1: I love All-Star Saturday night. We'll get into that. We have the Taco Bell Skills Challenge where you got three teams. A team consists of rookies, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, and Josh Gidley. A team full of Cavaliers, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. And a team full of Antipa Kumpos. So Giannis and his two brothers
0: are on a team. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, that that, that that is actually cool. Three brothers in the league. Wow. And I think all three of them have championships. I think they all yes, three they have all an NBA have, title.
1: They all have rings. That is pretty cool. All right, so here are the contestants for the three-point contest. And just give me a pick. Who do you think is going to win this thing? You got C.J. McCollum, Trey Young, Zach Levine. Desmond Bain, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Fleet,
0: Luke Kennard, and Patty Mills. Who wins it? I'm going to say the finals of the three-point shootout are going to come down between Patty Mills and Trey Young. And I have Patty Mills winning the three-point shootout.
1: All right, so he is a favorite from many experts. He's the odds-on favorite to win that. All right, moving on to the Slam Dunk Contest, which... I enjoy watching it, although the, the contestants, you got Cole Anthony from the Orlando Magic, Juan Toscondo Anderson from the Golden State Warriors, Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks, and the talented rookie from the Houston Rockets, Jalen Green. So who wins the slam dunk contest? And you got also got to remember it's very, very objective. Because if they do something creative, remember one year, Blake Griffin... Dunked over a Kia, uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, I can't remember who, uh, Pat Connaughton a couple of years ago. He he put on the the costume that Woody Harrelson wore in the movie White Men Can't Jump.
0: Yeah, and I remember that.
1: So they they're creative, it just depends on how creative they are. But I mean, who do you like in the slam dunk contest? And does it really matter because it, it's not, it's not really. I mean, Nate
0: Robinson won it three times, but but Nate with Nate has some hops though. Nate was a little man. He oh hops. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, hops. See, like if you're small, then you got like you're gonna get the crowd love and the judges. But if you're like super tall, like you can already touch the rim and dunk with ease. So your creativity has got to be good. But I think I'm a. i am I think my my favorite is gonna be Obi. Top. Remember, if we all remember what Obi did. Uh, with Dayton, with, with the Flyers, and I don't think he was in the dunk contest last year, but I, I like OB Tyler. He, he's my, he's my, my favorite to uh, win the dunk this year. Okay, that's a good pick.
1: Finally, we're going to wrap up NBA All-Star Weekend by talking about the game. Team LeBron versus Team Durant, and I'm looking at the two teams, and of course Kevin Durant's not going to play. I, I tell you, Team LeBron is stacked. It's look. It looks like Team Durant is bringing a knife to a gunfight because you got here's your starters: game LeBron, Giannis, Jokic, Demar Derozan, and Steph Curry, going up against Andrew Wiggins, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, John Morant, and Trey Young.
0: Don't sleep on Team Durant. Just it looks like a mismatch. It's because <laughs> Durant's old- Durant's injured. That's why. On paper, yes, but Durant picked some shooters. No, they got – LeBron got Curry and he got Young. So, yeah, they gonna they going to bang on the inside and then kick it out to uh, Steph on the outside. You yeah, got that man, John, who has no fear. He will come down the lane and he's going to try to punch on somebody.
1: That is true. John Morant making his first all-star appearance. Other players making their first time as an all-star. You have Andrew Wiggins for the Golden State Warriors did Jonte Murray for the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, he is a a late replacement for an injured player. You have Fred Van Fleet for the Toronto Raptors, finally making an all-star team. He's got a ring with him. Jarrett Allen was also a replacement. You have Darius Garland. So you have two Cleveland Cavaliers making it, and both first-time all-stars, and LaMelo Ball making the all-star game. So congratulations to him. I'm I'm glad to see him. He, uh, He was obviously selected. To replace Kevin Durant, but just looking at the All Star team, and I'm just looking forward to this game. It's just going to be a fun weekend, Gabe. I mean, I'm, I'm looking
0: forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be a fun weekend. Um, I think uh, on I, the experts are going to pick Team LeBron to win it, but Team Durant is going to give them a good run for their money. Um, you can never count out. You know, when that Edelman comes into play, anything can happen. So just because a team may be up uh, 10, 12, 15 points, when it comes down to the Elam ending, anything anything can change.
1: That is true. Let's switch gears and move on to bracketology in college basketball. And guess what, Gabe? You called it last week. You called it Memphis with the upset over Houston.
0: Yes, sir. We back in there. We are back in there. Penny Holdaway and the Memphis Tigers are currently riding a seven-game winning streak ever since Penny had that blow-up with the reporters back in Memphis. Seven in a row, and we got SMU coming up next.
1: That is going so, to be a big game for Memphis. I,
0: I still can't believe, Gabe, they lost to Georgia. That, I, they, they were still figuring things out. They were still figuring things out. People were hurt. COVID issues, it's okay. It does, you know, I have heard I've heard coach say it doesn't matter. You want to play start playing the best basketball that you can as you round out and get ready to go into college. So a lot of teams right now are starting to dial in, they're trending down to going seven to eight deep, and they're playing their best basketball right now. All right, here are your
1: bubble teams according to Joe Lennartis, ESPN. This actually was published early this morning, so it's changed. After the couple of games, you got Memphis, North Carolina, Michigan, and Creighton as the last four in. Your first four out are BYU, Oregon, SMU, and San Diego State.
0: So Memphis, right now, if they just keep on winning, they're going to get into this tournament. Like Al Davis said, "Just win, baby. That's all you got to do. Doesn't matter what you know. If you if you start if you start as a coach, you know you look at bracketology, but you can't control it." Only thing you can do, and that goes for any team throughout America right now, control what you can control. If you have to win out and uh, and you're on the bubble, just keep doing what you can. When you get to that conference tournament, if you win the conference tournament, there's no doubt you're going to the tournament. Period. Doesn't matter what the bubble says or where you are on the bubble. Win the conference tournament, you're in. You pop somebody else's bubble. So you just take care. Just keep taking care of business. Keep knowing what you got to do. All right, and so he has Gonzaga as the
1: overall number one seed, and of course he'll change next week, possibly. You have Auburn as a number one seed, Kansas and Arizona as the number one seed. So it changed since the last time we did Bracketology because they had Kentucky projected as a number one seed. Now it's Kansas. Your number two seeds, Texas Tech, Purdue, Duke, and Kentucky – I'm looking at some of these brackets. The number three seeds, Baylor, Providence, even though they lost to Villanova, UCLA, and Villanova. Your number four seeds, Wisconsin, Texas, Tennessee, and Illinois. Tennessee got a huge win over Kentucky. And I think that's why the Kentucky Wildcats dropped to a number two seed and Tennessee holding on as a strong four. Gabe, right now, who do you have in the final four?
0: If the Final Four were today, I ooh, you know what? That that's actually it's actually hard because right now all I can do is look at the, the 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 power the Power Five conferences and and a couple of the blue bloods. But if I had to, if I had to pick right now for the Final Four today, I would say Gonzaga, Duke, UCLA, probably Kentucky. Very interesting that you're picking Kentucky
1: over Auburn. And you know, they, they met in the Elite Eight in two thousand nineteen.
0: They did. And that that you know, right now that's what I, that's what I think is the hardest because we don't know who's gonna be wearing what brackets. So that's why I said if the if the tournament was today, that would be my final four, but when the brackets come out, it all it all depends on your matchups. Because if Duke is in the same region with Auburn, then I like Auburn over Duke. But if Kansas is in the same region, with say a Gonzaga, then I may like Gonzaga over So, but then we never know what upsets may happen. You never know. You know, every year you got the 12-5 upset, 17 upset, you have the occasional 15-2 upset. And if if anything is anything is possible, just ask Virginia, you might get that 16-1 upset. That has happened. Yes. <laughs> it has happened. So you, you never really know. You never want to count out the mid-majors. They just want their shot. So you don't want to count out the Loyola's, the Loyola Chicago's, the George Mason's, the BCU. You never want to give them – you want to give them their chance in the, in the uh, sun against the Blue Bloods and see what can happen. So that's why they say you just, you just got to play the game. You never know.
1: You can never go wrong with picking blue bloods in the final four, especially we're about a month away from selection Sunday. When we're filling out our brackets, it's easy to do chalk. I always pick a five. I always pick a 12 upset. I always pick a 13 over a four. I always like, I like to see the matchups and I'll run with a dark horse, at least to the elite eight. It happens every time, every time I fill out a bracket game, it always gets busted on the first day. Sometimes it even gets busted in the play-in games because I'll pick one of the teams on the play-in games and I project that they end up getting hot because it's usually a 12 seed or an 11 seed that gets hot and goes all the way to the Elite Eight. And sometimes I'll pick that, that team loses and then my bracket's already busted after the first, you know, the the play-in game, which is crazy.
0: You know, last year uh, UCLA was one of those teams that went from the first four to the final four. Yes, 11 seed. So, yeah, so it like I said, they get You get that first win under and then you go. Um, you you never know. And UCLA was, you know, the, the, the thing now with the playing. But well, I'm not gonna call them the playing game. The first four, they're they're putting some blue bloods. In the first four games. Because UCLA was really, a And then they got hot at the right time. And went all the way. No, they didn't make it to the championship. But they got all the way. They got all the way there. To, the, to the final four. Yeah, they went to the final four. Yeah, so any anything, you know, you give anybody a chance, or you give anybody a shot. Once you get in the tournament, you throw those records out the window. You throw the rankings out the window. You still got to throw the ball up and go play. Let's look at the
1: 2021 NCAA tournament from last year as i'm looking at this of course so the final four teams houston baylor gonzaga and ucla baylor and gonzaga were both number one seeds houston was a number two seed ucla was a number 11 seed if it wasn't for a jalen suggs three in overtime ucla would have been playing baylor in the national championship first round i'm seeing what were the big upsets because you always have a big upset well you remember last year you had a the first game in NCAA division history that was declared a no contest because VCU uh, had they tested positive for COVID. Yep. Yeah. So they had a no contest. Hopefully that does not happen this year. And this will be the first NCAA tournament since the pandemic that we will actually have fans. And they're not going to be playing in a remote location like Indianapolis. Like they they play the entire NCAA tournament last year in
0: Indiana. Yeah, we're back. We're back to it, but I think the rules are still in effect. Uh, if you, if a team has to shut down due to COVID, the other team will uh, move on with a with a win. All right. The biggest upset we had last year was Abilene
1: Christian, which is a school of the same faith of our alma mater, freed Hardman University, beating Texas fifty-three to fifty-two. Again,
0: you know, sometimes you know schools like that, Abilene. And uh, you know, they, they're in the state with the with, with Texas. Texas is like the the big brother. Like they're they're the they're just a the big bad bully on the block. Texas won't play Abilene in the regular season, so they can only meet in the NCAA tournament. So it was more fuel for Abilene Christian or any of those smaller schools playing against the, the name school. It was more fuel in the fire for them. So that was a big win for Abilene Christian. And, and you see that led to Clark getting out of there before he got fired and back doing his way into the uh, market. That was a big upset in the
1: tournament last year. I also think it cleared the path for UCLA because UCLA did not have to play Texas. They were able to roll over Abilene Christian in the second round. They beat the number two seed, Alabama. Alabama was my pick to go to the Final Four when I filled out my bracket last year. Then Michigan beat Florida State. And then the Elite Eight, UCLA going up against Michigan, they barely beat Michigan. I thought Michigan was going to win that game, but UCLA just got hot. And lo and behold, an 11 seed, making it to the Final Four. And sometimes it takes an upset to get a a better, clearer path. Doesn't it seem like, Gabe, that a team like UConn always got the breaks when they were in the NCAA tournament? A team like Michigan State would always get the breaks. That's just the way they play. And then that's what happens when you have good coaching, that you're able to get far as you can in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, good. You know, you, you definitely got to have good coaching. But it's like you said, it comes down to the breaks. You have your scouting report, you made, you got to make adjustments, but if you get a break here or there. Let's go back, go back uh, a few years ago when Virginia got upset and they were the ones. They didn't expect that team to come in there and uh, and just beat them the way that they did and they won. It wasn't a close game. It was a blowout. That team that team beat Virginia by 20. UNBC university of maryland baltimore college they came in there and just basically beat virginia at their own game and it was like wow so it's like you know some you got to look at teams got to go in there if they don't have teams got to be focused you can't just go in there and like, hey i'm i'm duke or i'm memphis i'm gonna beat you like no you gotta go play that's a tournament It's a champ, you're playing for a championship, and every mostly everybody that's in that tournament has already won their conference championship. So it's not like you're playing anybody that's a scrub, you're playing a championship team or a championship caliber team. Exactly, Gabe. I almost forgot
1: Oral Roberts actually had the biggest upset of the tournament last year. They beat Ohio State, Oral Roberts was a 15 seed, Ohio State was a two seed. Then they turn around and beat Florida in the second round. And they make it all the way to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. Oh, yeah. I completely
0: forgot about ORU. They played lights out that first weekend against Ohio State and Florida. Like, again, it comes down to the breaks. Neither one of those teams saw Oral Roberts coming. And that's what happens sometimes. You start looking – you know, players look at those brackets too. And they – you know, everybody does a bracket. They probably looked ahead and was like, Oh, okay, we we got an easy path. We'll go. And they don't step up and play. And then they just get out there and then they get they get bum rushed by another team. It was like, where did this come from? Who where, like what happened? So and then you know, not playing with fans last year, you know, that, that contributed also because those smaller teams didn't have to worry about things. You just play. Yeah. You just play. And I almost
1: forgot. Oregon State made it all the way to the Elite Eight last year as a 12 seed. They upsetted Tennessee in the first round. They beat Oklahoma State, a fourth seed, in the second round. And then this is the breaks that we're talking about. They were able to match up against Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16. Loyola Chicago was an eight seed after beating Illinois, and Oregon State had an easy path, and they played Houston close in the Elite Eight. So this is a school from the Pac-12. I didn't think they were going to make the tournament, but they sneak in as a 12 seed. So, yeah, Oregon State was a team that I didn't think they were going to make the tournament last year, but they made it all the way to the lead eight. So you never know what's going to happen in this tournament. I know we're a month away. I cannot wait for Selection Sunday. I, I Really, I can't wait for this season to end and we get into conference tournaments, and it is going to be fun. And hopefully I can get you back on the show uh, once a week on Fridays, and we can talk everything NBA and March
0: Madness. Oh, most definitely. I'm there. I am there. Hey! Shout out the uh, Mercer Lady Bears. They picked up a big win last night over Wofford. Amoria Neil tyser my former player, she had thirty-one points. Hey, she's she's up. She's going. She's going for that player of the year. She she what She said, "Coach, I'm going for SoCon Player of the Year." So, want to shout out the Mercer Mercer Lady Bears. They on they're on a tear currently in first place in the SoCon right now. That is great. Hopefully they can make this
1: NCAA tournament. And uh, we'll talk women's NCAA tournament bracket as well. Of course, UConn, always a favorite. And they suffered a major injury with their star player. Um, I like that player from Iowa. And you could tell I don't really – you probably pay more attention to women's college basketball than I do. I just know that UConn is having a down year. They they lost their first conference game in over – a decade, but South yeah. Carolina still a very talented team. Baylor, so you do have your your top teams, and and we'll talk about the the women's bracket as well. Gotcha. Hey,
0: yeah, T- South Carolina game day for the first time. College game day is going to be in Columbia, South Carolina, on Sunday for the UT University of Tennessee versus South Carolina women's game. They're that, all the stars. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. So be shout awesome. out. So shout out to uh, ESPN College Games giving the women's
1: game some love. Absolutely, yeah, I really appreciate you getting on the podcast today and just talking a little NBA All Star Weekend and bracketology. And it's always great having you on the show because you bring the passion when it comes to sports more than anything else. Hey, so Gabe, I got to ask you, how's your season going? Because I know we, we got high school basketball playoffs going on here in the state of Georgia. Um, I know you're an assistant basketball coach, but
0: how's how's your team doing? So right now we we wrapped up the district regular season district title last week over Cane Ridge High School uh, here in here in Nashville. We open up district play. We had a first round by Tuesday night, so we play our first game tonight, uh, in the semifinal game, and if we win tonight. We'll play for the championship tomorrow, uh, and then we'll start regional play next week. So, right now, we're rolling. We got six wins to get to the Glass House in Murfreesboro, which is the home where our state basketball tournament. Hopefully, you guys do well as you got Smyrna
1: tonight.
0: Yep. We beat Cane Ridge last week, but we have Smyrna tonight, and if we win that game, we'll play the winner between Cane Ridge and Laverne for the district championship tomorrow. The boys play Smyrna tonight. They right. have um, McDonald's American. Uh Brandon Miller, who's going to Alabama next year. So he's put, he's been putting on the show. He, uh, we watched the game last week. He had an easy 30 points last night, I mean, the other night. All right. No, no, yeah, no, so no. you are the assistant. Yes, coach, I'm so the assistant coach. Right?
1: Right? So you, yeah, for the Red Hawks out of Smyrna, Tennessee, Twenty-two and six
0: overall, eight and zero in District Eight Class Four A. We we added a new classification in Tennessee this year, uh, so we're Four A in basketball. Stewart Creek is uh, head coached by former Chester County Lady Eagle standout, former Ole Miss uh, Lady Rebel standout Bianca Thomas, now uh, Bianca Hensley. Uh, so that's that. That's my head coach and I'm her assistant and we have the Lady Red Hawk primed and in position and ranked number 9 in the state in class 4A right now going for a district championship this weekend. That's great. And so you're playing
1: Smyrna tonight. Yes. Uh, and, uh, Smyrna is 5 and 17 on the season. Your team is 22 and 6. This is going to be played in Smyrna, Tennessee? No,
0: it'll be played at uh in Antioch, Tennessee at
1: Antioch Tennessee. We're going to be on a neutral court tonight. Well, good luck tonight, and uh, we'll definitely uh, keep you updated as we have the high school playoffs going on right now. And so that's probably – you definitely got to get ready for that. So uh, good luck tonight.
0: Thank you. Will do. Appreciate it.
1: it it's always great having you on the podcast. Uh, Gabe, you're a great guest, and look forward to having you back on next week. And I hope that you enjoy your weekend.
0: Hey, good to be on the show, man. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate the support and the love for the team tonight. and Enjoy the weekend and look forward to being back
1: next week. All right, that is Gabe Reynolds. He is also the assistant basketball coach of the Stewart's Creek Red Hawks out of Smyrna, Tennessee. He is the assistant basketball coach and always a great guest. He's my former colleague from the Fried Harbin University days where he was also an assistant basketball coach and just brings the passion and the sports knowledge every time. We appreciate you being on the show every time. You just have this love and passion
0: for sports. Man, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate everything you
1: do. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody.
0: You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe.